Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name's Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher, yoga student, and a yoga business coach. And I'm here to support you to share your yoga with the people in your community who really need it. So if you're an amazing yoga teacher, but you sometimes struggle with the business part of what it is that you do, you're in the right place. I hope you thoroughly enjoy everything I've got in store for you. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, reach out to me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Hey folks, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome to the summer season of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Sucks if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, because I've got to tell you, it's really, really pleasant in the Southern Hemisphere at the moment. And I'm joined today by a special guest who is sharing a hemisphere with me, although not a continent. Corey Sterling, welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, Amy, how's it going? It's one of the rare opportunities I have to represent the Southern Hemisphere, but I'll take it. (laughs) Uh, Corey, I'm going to read out your bio so folks don't know you yet. They can get to know you uh, quick smart. Folks, Corey Sterling is the founder of the Heart Leading Law Firm, Conscious Council. We're having a grown-up conversation today. A fun one, though, I suspect. And he's also the author of the book, The Yoga Law Book, Legal Essentials for Yoga Professionals. Yes, Corey's mission is to bring fresh, mindful approach to legal advising. And he's built an online legal practice so he can service his clients' best interests while exploring the world and growing his perspective as a lawyer and a human being. And he is growing his perspective somewhere tropical right now. Whereabouts are you exactly? I'm in Bahia, Brazil. Just growing your perspective in the tropics. A lot of, persp- lot of perspective by the beach. There really is. It's a great opportunity. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so um, I want to know, like, how did this come to be? People often ask me, wow, that's a really niche thing that you do. How on earth did you come up with that job? And I say, well, essentially, I got all the things that I'd like to do and I smashed them together and this is what I got. But I'm wondering if it's a similar story for you. Like, how is it that you came to be the author of this book and the founder of this company? What's your story? I, there's, a, there's a lot of answers to a lot of those things. I, I suppose the first direct answer would be the, the yoga law came about in a two-pronged way. One of them was going to a class, and, and I, re, I retell this story in the book, mm. going to a class of my favorite teacher in Vancouver who was <clears throat> operating outside of a studio in between transitions of studios. Mm. We had the class, my favorite teacher, absolutely loved the teacher. We were practicing in an unsafe environment, and nobody had to sign a waiver, and someone ended up getting injured. And this teacher who I adored had a very young family, did not have the appropriate insurance in place. And I was like, I went up after class and I was like, do you, you know, cause when you're a lawyer, my, my head is in this every day. I'm like, Oh my God, do you realize what you've done? And the teacher was like, eyes glazed over like, no, what are you talking about? It's all good. They love me. That student who got injured has been following me for years. And I was like, okay, there could be a a real problem here that needs a solution. And I I think that's one part of it. Mm. And the second part of it, at the time that Yoga Law started, I was working for a small law firm in Vancouver. And I was really, really looking to justify a trip to go to Wanderlust in Hawaii. (laughs) Um, Straight up. You said it. You you mushed again all the things that you care about in your life. Love yoga festivals. Love travel. All the things. So I pitched my boss. I'm like, look, yoga law is a real thing. I contacted Wanderlust. They said they were interested. They wanted to meet with me to, to discuss me speaking at the speakeasy coming up. 
and I convinced my boss to send me and uh, he bought my, my ticket and my fare to go to a yoga festival and that like, that's how it started. And I was like, this is sweet. I want to keep doing this. So, um, that is the best. That's, yeah, no, that, that's the real, I mean, that, that's being very real. The, and, and I think in the same sense, um, I've been practicing yoga for a lot of years. I lived in India for three months. I lived in an ashram and I did a teacher training and a lot of my friends are yoga professionals. And I, I used to, I started and I used to run a yoga festival myself. Hmm. So like, I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the community in the sense that like, I'm all, I seem to always be drawn to people who practice yoga as well and have a, a mindful attitude towards living in business. Hmm. And you know, when you start a business, you put yourself out there and you just try to be an authentic version of yourself and you'll attract whatever it is that you attract. And I've been lucky to have um, a wonderful base of clients who have become friends and people doing interesting things all over the world. Nice. Nice. Um, and I've got to say, folks, you can stalk Corey. We were just talking about that before we started the recording, but you can stalk Corey on Instagram at Conscious Council. You look like the type of lawyer that would speak at a Wanderlust speakeasy. Thank you, I think. <laughs> yeah, I do. No, it's totally a thank you. Yeah. Yeah, th thank you. I, um, I don't know how to be anything other than myself. And I, for my first years in law, I tried being like the other lawyers and doing all the things that other lawyers do. And I'll never forget like my first day of working at a, a small firm in Vancouver. I went for, I went to the gym during lunch and took an, a, a 75 minute lunch because to me, really important because health and rejuvenation, all those things. Mm. And like the, the culture of that firm is like, no one even left the office for coffee. And on day one, I went to the gym for 75 minutes and then I just realized like I have to do things my way and I can't really pretend to do things another way. So yes, maybe I look like someone who would speak at Wanderlust as a lawyer. I think that uh, you, this is such an important point that um, it's, you know, something that I see a lot with yoga teachers is just as you've described in, in law land is this idea of you of fitting in or not. And what I'm hearing you share, I think, is really inspiring for yoga teachers who might be feeling the same, like they just don't fit in, they don't look like everybody else, they do things in their own way. And surely if, if it's possible to, um, you know, fly your own flag in the, in the legal realm, um, I would like to think that, we, that it's possible to do it in yoga land where surely we're a little more accommodating as weirdos. I don't know. You would have seen a fair few of them, I imagine, in your travels. A few, fair few of us, I should say. Yeah, I, 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 I agree completely, and and I think it's irrespective of whatever um, mm. passion your career lies. Uh, the lesson that I continually learn is the greatest success in my career have come from me doing the things that feel right, using yeah. you know a feeling compass more than traditional things and there's so many people who will tell you that it won't work or why you can't do it but for me I was just like why can't I be a lawyer and travel and work with heart leading professionals like well, why not there's mm -hmm. no reason and, and I had one of my first bosses told me he's like yogis don't pay I don't oh, want I you, get that one I don't all the time too yes for sure and yogis don't pay and I don't want you focusing the firm time on servicing these clients and I was like firstly it's if they can't pay let's help them and secondly it's, you know what, I'm happy to support people who are doing wonderful things. And like, the, the cool thing for, for my practice and, and yoga in general, and why I'm so passionate about working with 
yoga professionals is that like all of my clients, all of my clients are going off and starting their own communities or fostering their own mm -hmm. communities. Mm -hmm. And if I have the right legal agreements that help them solidify and protect their business so that they can facilitate teacher trainings or facilitate retreats, they will change people's lives every single time they do that. I know that for sure. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of a, a paid forward cascade in that regard. And, and that's how I've fallen in love with fallen in love with being a lawyer. Amazing. Yeah. I, I'm hearing you there. There are things that I do in my business that everybody who listens to my podcast knows this. God damn, I don't want to talk about how to do Facebook ads anymore. And yet <laughs> it's one of the things that I know <laughs> yeah. how to do that my people need. So, so you know, some of it, 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 it is, it's about how can we help to make the planet more conscious in the way that, you know, the, where we can apply our gifts um, in a way that makes the most impact. And I, I think it's great what you're doing. I'm wondering, I think you said, you know, so that people are safe and protected, getting all of their legal work um, in, in order. And we'll talk about a bit more about what that would look like in a minute. But one of the things I also think, Corey, is I, I remember I had a, um, a client a couple of years ago and she specialised in running tours to India. And when we started working together, she wasn't making much money. And by the time we were finished, she was making oodles and feeling great about it. And along the way, uh, you know, one of the things that she had to get in order was the contracts that she had between the people who came on tour with her and herself, because it was really a little bit um, homemade, <laughs> let's say. And when you're taking people to an environment where, let's face it, India, things can go wrong um, or different to how you had planned, uh, it's important. And at the time, she went to see a lawyer and they drafted up a great contract for her and she was hoping it would be about $500 and it ended up costing her 2000 And when I talked about that with her, actually one of the things that I really saw in her was that in paying that money and making that investment and having that service, um, it was like she started to take herself more seriously too. Like it was like, was validating in a way that she had a business that was worthy of rigorous, professionally developed documentation. I'm wondering if you see that with your clients. I see that a lot. The first thing I have to mention is that I think oodles is a great quantifiable amount of money. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so excited to hear just oodle. I heard that. I was like, Oh, I just okay, can't wait till I'm making oodles because it just, <laughs> it, it sounds, it sounds so delicious. Um, you, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think what I love about practicing the law the way that I do is that it really helps in the professionalization yes. of the business. Yes. And also like, I, I love being a team member to my clients and also a lot of them are, they're health coaches, they're running fitness studios, they're running yoga studios or yoga retreats or whatever they're doing. And they're actually, they get so excited about saying that they have a lawyer and they'll yes. just like, sometimes I'll yes. get follow-up emails or like, oh my God, can I tell people you're my lawyer? And I'm like, yes, you definitely can. I'm, I'm very happy to be, um, I'm so honored to, to, be, uh, to be on the team. But I think, it, and what I talk about a lot in the book is like deconstructing the way that people think about the law and having a lawyer in that particular relationship. And really, it, it is a, it's a point of professionalization. And in some ways, it's a sense of growing up your business. Mm -hmm. And for you to say, like, look, I, I used to be doing this casually or it just started off like this. But now, like, oh, my God, it's actually I'm spending a lot of time and it's resonating and people are following me and they want to do all of these things. I need to get things in order. And, and even the example of retreats, 
Um, I, I work often with clients who need retreat uh, agreements or documents mm -hmm. or packages. And it's super, super important. And like, just as an example, one thing that a lot of clients will not do, that is to me the most obvious basic thing you need in that agreement is to like, make sure that everyone who participates on your retreats has their own travel insurance, which yeah. is like m my whole approach to law. It's like, call it pay me now or pay me later. If you're, if you're growing your business, this is the truth. If you're okay. growing your business and you have goals and you have objectives and you want the business to support yourself and your community and possibly people who work with you, inevitably you are going to deal with the law. Like it is impossible to grow your business and have a yoga business without dealing with the law. The question is, when, when will you decide and take the initiative to work with the law? And the earlier and more proactive you can be in doing that, the better it will be for your business. Because I have two types of clients. I have proactive clients and I have reactive clients. And like the proactive clients are the ones who are running a retreat and put in a mandatory insurance policy provision into that agreement. Mm -hmm. And if should something go wrong in India where things have gone wrong before and, and will continue to go wrong, although it is the most lovely place. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll, it's, they'll be prepared they'll they they will avoid yeah. they will avoid the headaches they will avoid the financial costs they will avoid sleepless nights like i've been amy i've been through everything with my mm. clients and the the real reason i wrote the book is because i saw the same things happening over and over mm. again and i was like someone if i can mass produce this message so at least more people are aware of what these issues are and also how easy it is to cure these issues then we can make a real difference and we can help professionalize the yoga industry. I love that. And I've got to say, I mean, I, I take your point about being proactive and reactive, but there, I think there's also great merit in simply the peace of mind that comes with knowing that you've got everything squared away. And, and especially for, um, especially for yoga teachers who, you know, as a group, we can tend to have some work to be done on our boundaries. But when you have clear agreements with people that, that are mutually understood, it doesn't come back to what is my personal development journey? Do I have a tendency to people please or not? Am I giving away my power here? Am I, because actually you have something that's impartial that both parties have agreed to. So it doesn't, you know, it protects us sometimes from our own, you know, tendencies to, to give our power away. You're, ab you're absolutely right. And in, for me, in my practice of law, I call it the screenshot defense. So let's say you're running a teacher training or you're running a retreat and someone's causing a really big problem and you have to ask them to leave. Mm -hmm. And let's say you have a no refund provision and always in my agreements, I include a part on expectations where it's mm -hmm. like, what's up? We're in a group environment your energy will be contributing to the whole here is these are the basic things that we're asking you to behave and let's say someone breaks that and then you have to ask them to leave and then they want to refund after you ask them to leave because they broke the expectation mm -hmm. the screenshot defense basically is you take the agreement you take a screenshot of what the expectations were you take a screenshot of the no refund provision and you send them both of those and you say this is exactly what we agreed to before we started working together yeah. it's the end of the story yeah. So you're right. The personal development questions don't come in and people pleasing. It's like very objective. The whole point of the agreement is an objective agreement. I love it. And I think the other part, and I promise I will ask you some questions about your book because I'm curious about it, but just the other you thing don't, that you don't have. Well, the, the other thing that I know has come up for some of my clients is also um, the legal implications of 
employment and particularly for studio owners who or even um, you know, people who rent like church halls or whatever, if they're subcontracting um, just where they stand in terms of essentially, I know here uh, in Australia, people can get caught out because they think they're subcontracting to businesses. But at least here, the law says, well, hang on a second, actually, you're now an employer and there should be other things you're doing for these people that you haven't been doing. I think that's it's not just agreements with our customers, if you like, but sometimes we can be um, naive or unprepared when it comes to the legalities of being an employer. Is that something that you see with the people that you work with? 2019, the, this, the topic that I've spoken most about this mm. year at various conferences around North America is always the contractor employee distinction. Mm. A couple of points on it. First, firstly, I've gone through one of my clients getting audited for a misclassification. Mm. After you go through that experience and there's, there's a, I shared the story book about the audit. After you go through the experience of an audit as a business owner, like all you will just, you're running to be at best practices and to be in compliance because yeah. it's so expensive. It's so draining and, and it's very challenging. So e even within Australia, mm. what happens is people are unaware. We, we have different relationships at law. That's how I coach my clients. So mm. in each relationship, how can we communicate expectations openly and honestly? The two relationships we have is one with the person or the, the people or the company who we have that relationship with. And secondly, what does the law objectively by statutes, by pieces of legislation, what does the law say the rules we have to follow are for that relationship? And often people will, and like the standard example that people, that yoga studio owners do not always appreciate is simply um, asking a contractor to work the front desk. Ah. Right. So what happens is the employee contractor distinction, I could talk about it forever, but in simplicity's form, it's based on control. So the more control you are, you have over the worker, the more they are an employee. If they're using your equipment, if they have to, if they have to be at a specific place at a specific time in order to perform the service, all of these things, the audit that I went through, one of the biggest issues that tipped off the government agency or that was a deciding factor for the classification of employees and not contractors was that the teachers were forced in a contractor agreement, which is, it's not illegal, but classifying them as such is illegal um, or incorrect. Every teacher who was a contractor who taught had to go to the front desk 15 minutes earlier. They had to clean up the room and then they had to stay at the desk 15 minutes later, which is, that's, that's a, that's a mix between a contractor and employee. Mm -hmm. So I, sorry if I've gone if I've gone too much into detail, no, but to answer your question, no, no, no. So generally speaking, yes, misclassification is is a major issue that has been the bulk of my work in 2019, specifically mm. in California, mm. where they passed the they passed a bill called AB5, and it it's really it's messed up so many businesses and and everything's in limbo. But um, it's really important for both yoga teachers to know for their own rights. Yes. What is being asked of them? Are they a contractor or employee? And as such, are they be, being treated fairly? And if you're the business owner, the studio owner, the retreat organizer, what are you asking your team to do? And are you asking them to do things in line with how you're classifying them? Mm. Mm. And I think for anybody who's definitely for people who are sub, who have staff or subcontractors, like this is not something that 
It's not like your tax. Sure, you can lodge your tax yourself. Okay, whatever. You don't need an accountant. This is not like that. This is a, an opportunity for you to get great support by someone who knows a truckload more than you do um, and to not feel like you're going to fuck it up because you actually have, your, your business deserves to have professional advisors. What it, it does, and that's why I love being a team member. And the thing also is like, what I always say to clients is, Think about how much time you spend on every aspect of your business. Like you're at the studio, you're right. You're, you're taking the time to learn about Facebook ads. You're like, <laughs> if you're, ta- if, if you're taking the time to learn about Facebook ads, Get you, have to be classifying your, you, <laughs> you have to be classifying your staff appropriately as well. And it's yeah. like, I think people lose sight of it because it's as boring as accounting like that's the perceived notion and like my mission is to make law fun and to get people super stoked about their agreements and give them confidence so that like they don't have to worry about it and they know that they're doing all of the right things i love that and i like to think of it too a great i think it's super sexy having it like an entourage of people that support you in your business if you're like oh i'm a yoga teacher i have a massage every week why wouldn't you also have an accountant and a legal advisor and whomever else in your entourage to help you do better? This makes sense to me. It's a team. It's a team of cheerleaders. And like my, my mm-hmm. accountant, I, I sent him pom-poms. His name's Jason. I'm like, Jason, just when we're on the phone, just shake the pom-poms for me and be like, Corey, you can fill out all the spreadsheets. You, I'm like, that's what I need from you. We're boys. Let's like, let's hear you make some noise. Give me a cheer, Jason. (laughs) I love it. All right. Now tell us about your book. Firstly, I want to know this because I've got like, I don't know, thousands of words typed up and they should get turned into a book and people could probably use it. And, but was it as onerous as it feels at the start to actually get it all, get everything that's in your head into a book? Complete opposite. The book was 99% complete for about a year and a half. And just like the the last, the last, like being honest, like working with an editor for me is what did it. I'd never been through this before. I've I've been writing my whole life. I did a master's in in the United States. I I worked as a professional writer for a couple of sports teams and and sports organizations and all of this stuff. Um, So I've always been a writer. Writing's really easy for me, but like finishing the book was the most challenging part. Yeah. Um, But it's also, it's one of those things that like, it's sort of like going on a hike, like doing Kilimanjaro. You can look at Kilimanjaro on a postcard and be like, oh my God, that's so high. How do you do it? I don't know, blah, blah, blah. It's like anything in life, one step at a time. And then the moment after you summit and you're walking down, you're like, I can do that again. Like that that wasn't that bad. But until you get to that point yourself, you can't. So I, I think if, if anyone wants to write something, I highly encourage them to do it and go for it. And also if you're stuck, like just get an editor and be like, yeah. this is what I have, make sense of it and get back to me. And then after you get back to me, I can, it's basically like, tell me what to do. That's yeah. that the shift. The shift for me was like, I had all these chapters. I knew all these, cause the, the book is a bait. It's all stories that I've gone through with my clients. Oh, cool. So. Yeah. So it's like, I'll talk, for example, I'll talk about contractors, employees. I'll be like, what's up? This is the deal. This is the law. And like, I don't use the word contracts. I use the word agreements Mm -hmm. for me. The whole, the whole spirit of the book is making it engaging and fun and 
funny and jokes and like the same way that I'm speaking now, the book's written the exact same way. Mm -hmm. But each each chapter has a story about a particular area of law of where I worked with a client and how they did something right or how they did something wrong and then how people can learn from it. Mm. Um, so I knew what I wanted to write because all of these things happened to me and my clients together. And then I wrote all of it down and then it was just like, what do I do next? And, and then uh, an editor appeared in my life who took control. And then like, then it was like, it was like three weeks after the editor came to the picture that everything got wrapped up. Very cool. Okay. I'm feeling re-inspired. Thank you. And I also must just, say that I think there is I often talk about how the different types of yoga are like a personality test and if you know someone's like a Baptiste yogi then you straight away you know so much about what what the rest of their life is like but I think that the the fact that you talked about (laughs) a substantial project as being like summiting Kilimanjaro just it really does uh, indicate to me the differences in our personalities (laughs) I would love to be the sort of person who's like yeah you know just like when you're gonna like Summit a massively tall mountain. My mom a bit more like, you know, like when you don't want to mow your lawn. <laughs> Slightly more aspirational, yeah. I like it. <laughs> sure. I th- yeah, I, th- I think I'm, I am just drawing on personal experiences. Exactly. Um, that's my point. But I, it's, everything's rel- <laughs> yeah, every, everything's relative to the, everything's relative to the individual. Um, <laughs> And I intentionally don't have a lawn, so I don't have to mow it. So that's just, that's, that's everything you need to know about me. Thank you. I'm feeling even more banal. So Corey's book is called The Yoga Law Book, Legal Essentials for Yoga Professionals. Can we get it in all the places, Corey, all the book places? You, by all the places, places we, mean the, we mean the incorporeal internet. Yes, um, it's on Yeah, It's on Amazon, and that's where all of the orders are placed. We just we finished the recording of the audiobook hey. and it's just getting approved now. Yeah, that's a whole other that was a whole other really fun adventure. But you narrated <laughs> it, right? Is it you? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I read it over the course of yeah. I did um we, we started the book with a Kickstarter campaign and then hey. one of the uh, one of the prizes for the Kickstarter was to someone to audit, uh, audit, excuse me, I've obviously got accounting on my mind, um, <laughs> was for someone to sponsor the recording of the audiobook. And like two days before I was leaving for the Ukraine, because I travel all over, yeah. someone was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I want to, I want to, I want to sponsor the reading of the audiobook. And I was in California at the time speaking at Bold Conference. And like tw- almost in 24 hours, I recorded the entire book. And um, and it'll be out. So it'll it, it's going to be out on Audible. It's going to be out on iTunes. It's on Amazon. And um, yeah, it's it's a book. Congratulations! That's a big deal. Thank you. It's you know what's so in- I'll just share personally. Like it's interesting in twenty. Like you know twenty. We're wrapping up twenty nineteen. And I think for me, the publishing of the book was one thing. But it's also one of those things that like you do it, and then in some ways after you do it right it's like i don't know i'm i'm very proud of it the first time that a complete stranger purchased it was a moment i'll never forget yeah like i got an email it's like you've sold a book to someone in the united kingdom i was like oh my god somebody bought my book this is crazy someone i don't know bought my book i like celebrated i ran around i jumped i ran straight to the ocean and went swimming was so excited and so happy and then it's like, and yeah, it, and it's very cool, but it's also like, a, you know, my the, the term I always use is leveling up, um, which is like it, it, in, in, in a yogic way, like I, 
I could think more of a Buddhist way, like being, a, you know, being content and not always wanting more and all of those things. But leveling up means like, you know, whatever's happened this, this year, I'm now at a certain level and I want to take it um, to the next level. So uh, I'm, thank you for the kind words. I'm, I'm super proud about it, but also I think there's, we can make, we can all make a bigger impact together. So that's, I'm, I'm focusing on, on that sort of stuff now. I love it. I love it. And I said similar sort of message. I mean, what a gift to get embodied. What an amazing gift. Like, don't be boring. Don't waste it. <laughs> Go do interesting things. I think there's a difference between that leveling up and being um, sort of grasping for hungry for always more. I think they're different. Yeah. Yeah. Leveling up is just, it's reaching potential, right? If, yeah, if you have yeah. the ability to make a difference, positive difference in people's lives, you're obligated to do it. So that's how I, that's how I frame it. And, um, and yeah, it's all very exciting. So what, what's, what is, what's a goal for you for the new decade then? What's, what's your next level? New, I have this thing in my life. I can't think more than three months ahead. I'm nice. actually, I'm incapable of, yeah, I, I actually, I can't. So like you saying, <laughs> what's a goal for the decade? It's like, I'll take like <laughs> mid-February. <laughs> I, I hear you with 90 yeah. days. Yeah, I, I actually I can't. I'm I'm incapable of doing it. But I've um I've made an online course called Heart Leading Law, and oh. we're in the stages of editing that and finalizing that. And then I'm also doing a a pers- writing a personal book. I've I've lived all over the world. I've I've visited over ninety countries, and I've had some really unique experiences. So I'm trying to like write a personal book about culture and travel and being open and whatever things that I've learned from my perspective that hopefully um, will resonate. Nice. So folks, you can get more of Corey and I I guess be on the lookout for his course when it's released and his new book and his existing book and super inspiring Uh, conscious council on all the socials. Um, same, uh, hang on, I need to, it's, so you have a, it's a Canadian website, right? So consciouscouncil.ca uh, to find him. Yeah, you're, 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 you're a dot, you're a dot AU, I'm a dot CA. Yeah. And, um, that, you know, and I, I was stoked typing that in because I know what it's like being in the non.com era, but it's consciouscouncil.ca. I also sold my soul and it's yogalegal.com. Um, that's What's the website that? we do for our yoga law stuff. No, I'm joking. Just because you were saying .ca and .au. Oh, I see. I see. Yes. I think amymcdonald.com is a realtor in Dallas. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's, <laughs> we should call her. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Let's call her right now. That would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> she, she, who knows? Maybe I need to go check it out. That was a few years ago that that uh, someone mistyped my uh, URL in quite a significant promotional opportunity, and I don't know what happened. I hope she sold a whole lot of houses because um, <laughs> just paying it forward here. Uh, anything you yeah. want to share with us that we haven't covered yet? Um. Any, any, anything to share? Yeah. Like, I would say be super proud where, 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 no, I would say to everyone, to everyone who's listening, be super proud of wherever you are in, in this journey of being a yoga professional. It's challenging. It's not the easiest industry to always support yourself and find abundance. But I think those a can be mindset shifts and b always remember that like 
in any class that you teach, you you never know what's going on through the people who are who come through the door or come onto the mat. You never know what's going on in their life, and you always have the ability to make a positive impact in their lives. Um, so I, I that's what I just always say to to anyone who is a yoga professional, like being super proud of it and and acknowledging and remembering the the big impact that you have in in people's lives on a daily basis. And in terms of professionalization, um, I think it's I think it's really important just to consider these things. And and my invitation to you is to shift the mindset from being afraid of law or trying to sweep it under the rug or maybe not taking yourself seriously and mm. and level up and em- embrace the fact that you are a professional, that you have a business that's thriving, that's growing and do the appropriate things to put yourself in a position to succeed by limiting your liability and communicating your expectations openly and honestly in all of your relationships. Love it. Amazing. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for being cool. part of our uh, January interview series. It's been great talking uh, talking to you. And I think, you know, a couple of things just that you might not realize that you're modeling for us. One is that you can work in the yoga industry. There are other roles other than just being a yoga teacher. So for anybody who's, you know, got into teaching yoga because they love yoga, but now I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm kind of done with that. It's not my thing. I think one of the things that you're showing us is that you can blend your passions together and create a unique business that you feel great about. But the other thing I think you're modeling for us is just the beauty of location independence and that you can, again, create a business doing what you love. That means you can be wherever you fancy. So thanks for those two um, examples as well. With great pleasure. I'm happy to sacrifice myself by living in the Brazilian beachside to, um, <laughs> to, to, help, to help share that lesson. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult path you're walking, but you're doing it for us. So thank you. Oh my God. It's so, it is selfless, but with great pleasure, Amy. <laughs> Thanks for being a great guest. Cool. Love you. Thank you for having me. Keep being awesome and, and keep growing your amazing community. Amazing. So if you're looking to like crush it on social media in 2020, good news. I am offering the social media confidence for yoga teachers for week training again, starting February. Why? Because you all loved it when I did it the first time. And um, we had so much fun. In fact, when I asked people who did it, if they would write me a testimonial, everybody talked about how much fun they had. So if you're scared of social media, you need this course. And if you would like to have fun learning how to do social media well, seems as though that's on offer as well. You can check it out at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash social. It's 197 Australian dollars, which is a sweet deal if you're living in any other currency. Sucks to be us financially right now. Get it. Join me. All the dates are up on the sales page. We're going to have fun, apparently, (laughs) and definitely over four weeks. Uh, What I want is for you to feel confident using social media because that's where your people at. And uh, we need yoga right now. Everybody, everybody needs yoga. If you're scared of social, sign up for this course, amymcdonald.com.au forward slash social. So there you have it, folks, another edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, favor to ask. If you found the content useful, I would be very grateful if you could support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating. And if you've got a moment, a review would be super cool. No pressure, of course. Like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions for podcast topics in the future, I would love to be in service. 
DM me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Take deep care.